Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host as always, and I am joined this week for Board Game Week by my very good friend, the Mistress of Magnificence, Mom, Linda Roble. How are you? I'm doing really well. Plugging through. Yeah, welcome to 2021. It's our first board game podcast of the year. And we normally, this would be the, the time slot where we would reserve it for our like game of the year for 2020. But when you and I sat down, I mean, digitally via text message and tried to really figure it out, we both kind of mutually agreed that we really didn't get our hands on enough new stuff to really fairly measure a true game of the year for 2020. So we're just kind of mulligating that from a board game perspective. And part of that is because we tend to play a lot of board games together or go to events together. And we were unable to do any of those things. So what we're going to do instead, Linda, is we're still going to look back at 2020, but I, we're going to do the most navel gazy thing we have ever done on this podcast. (laughs) And on some level, I think it's a little obnoxious. However, I think it's also kind of interesting to look at. Uh, I went to our trusty Google Analytics and found a list of our most heavily trafficked articles from 2020. Uh, Some of them are articles, many of them, in fact, are articles that were published before this year. But I think that as we go through it, we will see a trend. And I think we'll also see some surprises. So I prepared for this. I sent you the list literally five minutes ago because that's sure, how I really well it. prepared. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you can think on your feet better than I can. So true. We'll, and, and we'll, so we're going to focus on the board game stuff. We'll probably do something similar for video games later. And I think that would be really interesting to talk about with Amanda, but specifically for board games, what we're going to do, we obviously, we're going to go around the horn because you played a game recently that we definitely want to talk about. And uh, we have a new Dungeons and Dragons announcement and a new Magic the Gathering announcement. So we're just going to, we're going to do some of that stuff. Then we'll take a break and we'll come back and we're going to do some serious navel gazing. And that is okay. Because I think people will be kind of interested to see what kind of traffic does best on EngageFamilyGaming.com. And I bet you some of them will be a surprise for you. That's what I bet. I bet you some of you are going to be like, really? That does good numbers? And we'll go from there. So, Linda, you want to do the news first? Or you want to go around the horn first? We're, it's 2021. We're throwing everything out the window. Why don't we go through our news first? And then we can okay. kind of talk about what's been played in the time we've got. Sure. Absolutely. So there's a new Dungeons & Dragons book coming out in March, specifically March 16th. Linda, how exciting is that? That is really cool. I mean, we've really gone down the Dungeons and Dragons rabbit hole uh, the last couple of years. Yes, you so, have. Uh, yes, you okay, have. I should say I've gone down the rabbit hole. You were already down there. You kind of dragged I, me down. I did. I dragged you down. <laughs> I have every rabbit hole you have been stuck down. I am the one that has dragged you. It's true. It's true. It's and true. it's been a wonderful journey with that. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> so next, the next thing the is I'm going to, the next, <laughs> the next rabbit hole I'm going to get you down is I'm going to get you to play a video game to completion. That's my next mission. Wow, I'm find a, a video game. Goal. I, listen, you, it's 2021. We're throwing everything out. We can do whatever we want. I'm going to find a video game and convince you to complete it. And it might be a five-minute game. I don't know. We'll find something. All right. So Wizards of the Coast announced the other day that I, – and I can't – time's a flat circle. I don't know. It was this week. They announced – a new Dungeons and Dragons book. It is called Candlekeep Mysteries, which, by the way, I think is a super cool name for a book just in and of itself. And it is different from the other adventure style books that they have put out before in that this is not a large campaign or a group of connected smaller adventures. This is actually a collection of 17 adventures that are referred to as one shots. Now, a one-shot in tabletop role-playing is intended to be like an adventure that you play from completion, from beginning to end in one shot, in one sitting. Okay. Recording. I'll still have the other one. So, okay. So, three, two, one. So, the Candlekeep Mysteries is different from other adventure books in that previous ones were long campaigns that were all strung together that that are all at the very least separate encounters that are strung together by like a single through line like uh the i'm looking over at my books like the ghosts of salt marsh are a series of smaller encounters that could be run as one shots but for the most part they are connected in that they all take place in the same general location Mm -hmm. and you could it includes instructions for how to connect them all or you know curse of stride or you know Baldur's gate um and those are campaigns you start and you play until the very end i mean we've been playing our curse of stride game admittedly it was slowed down because of covid but uh, we've been playing that game for like a year and a half and you know we're nearing the end but to the point where we started thinking about new characters but it is uh we've it, that is a long adventure and so right. these are one shots which are uh, easier to run because you know you really only have to learn a, a few things and it's actually designed to be simpler and because they're shorter and less overwhelming, um, it's really good for younger or newer dungeon masters. So this is like one of those books that we're going to dig deep in. I'll probably take one of the adventures and do like a here is how you dungeon master, you know, how to thing. Because I think this is you know, these are shorter and you know very simple. And what's what I really like about it is they all have a shared theme, and that theme is books. So all of them, the core mystery of this little two to four hour adventure is you find a book and you have to do something with it. Could be you found it in a library. Could be you need to bring it to a library. Could be you found it in a bookstore or in, you know a journal, but it's a book. What do you think of that so far? Sounds pretty cool, right? It does sound really cool. Actually, it's funny that the first thing I was, as you were saying, two to four hours, the first thing I was thinking about is at the middle school in the pre-COVID times, they had after school clubs and they were about a 45 minute club. And one group tried to do a D&D group. But the issue they're running into is that's a really short time for a long adventure. It really is. It really is. But if the adventure is only two to four hours, then you're done in a month, even with it only being like 45 minute sessions. Correct. So that might be a perfect thing for these kids that are looking for like just dipping their toe in or the family that just wants to start with something that's only a small time commitment, not months. 
Correct. This is also a really great solution for people who have what we in the in the biz like to call character ADD. Where if you're we have some people that we know and there's there's somebody in every group that just can't stick to a character and really doesn't enjoy playing one character for more than a session or two. These are a great solution for that because they're encouraged to just this is where you get that creative energy out and you don't necessarily need to worry about long term campaign balance or who do you want to role play as for it. X number of hours a week for a year (laughs) and a half. Like you can just be like, I'm going to be this guy who only speaks in the third person and has a really weird British accent. And you know what? You could do that for, I could do that for two hours, maybe, but I couldn't do that for a year and a half. And so I think that's really neat. The other thing that I really like about it is there are 19 different designers in here. So there's a couple pairs that worked on this, but these are all, you know, people who have put out content and made things on for D&D Beyond or the DMs Guild. You know, these are smaller. I I don't want to say independent writers, but these are not traditional Dungeons and Dragons writers, the people who have written other books. So these are smaller creators. And for some of these guys, this was... You know, the dream to be like a published Dungeons and Dragons author. So that's really cool that one book got 19 people, this really cool opportunity. And, uh, you know, seeing some of their reactions on Twitter where they finally got to reveal it, because obviously they've been working on this for months, probably longer than that. And uh, to have them finally be able to reveal it is actually really cool. Right. So um, the last thing, and this is probably because this book just keeps on giving cool stuff. One of the other pieces of content that is being put into this book and thus brought into Dungeons and Dragons canon is uh, the combat wheelchair. Are you familiar with the combat wheelchair? You're not on the Twitter too much. I'm really not on the Twitter very much. Um, The only reason I knew about it is in our friends chat when it was mentioned this past week, probably because you guys were discussing this and I was kind of on the fringe of it. I had never heard of it prior to this week. So there is a content creator who goes, her name is Sarah Thompson. She goes by the handle at Mustangs Art on Twitter. She designed... And um, she she designed and created the rules for the combat wheelchair, which is a free Dungeons and Dragons supplement. It's available right now online. Literally, uh, the rules are in a Google Drive that anybody can get into. And it is awesome. It is literally exactly what you imagine. Okay. When I say combat wheelchair, it is combat wheelchair. It is essentially the rules that you would use if you were playing a character that was wheelchair bound and um, this is an item that they would equip that would allow them to participate in combat. So just to read a brief passage. The combat wheelchair is made with the adventurer in mind. The combat wheelchair is supportive and intuitive, designed for both daily activity and the pressure of combat during one's adventures. It can be specifically tailored to its user with a variety of intuitive upgrades, designed and created by first-rate artificers and their disabled consultants to ensure high-grade comfort and excellent efficiency. Not only this, the wheelchair provides itself as being sleek, fashionable, and durable at a price affordable to the discerning mobility 
user. Taking its design from a chair used in sports such as wheelchair basketball and rugby, the combat wheelchair can withstand high impact and even work as a weapon in itself, providing the user a means of both defense and attack. Anyone can be an adventurer. So essentially within the world of Dungeons and Dragons, it functions like a magic item. So um, because it's made by artificers, which I know you're not super familiar with, artificers are a new class that was added in a recent uh, book that I don't think you guys have bought yet because I don't think nope. your son made you. Um, <laughs> not yet. But that's, But not yet. Um, essentially, artificers are like wizards, only they make stuff instead of spells. Done. Basically. We did it. Yep. Um, and uh, they can make rocket launchers. Oh, jeez. <laughs> In case you're really curious, um, I okay. want to be one. I want to be an artificer with a rocket launcher. If you're if you're a Warforged artificer and you make a rocket launcher, does that make you Megatron? If you can tweet at me and let me know, I want to know. Um, <laughs> it kind of does. And so th- this is a, and I'll put a link to this in the show in the show notes. This is an 18 page rule supplement, very well written, lots of rules as far as like how you build it. This is one of those things that has lots of options, but there are lots of options but once you have chosen it and built it it functions just like you need it to and it's intended to be an extension of your character clearly some jerks on the internet got really mad about it because of course they do it's the internet however some people are like oh my goodness it's so unbelievable that you'd have a wheelchair and i'm like i can i can throw a piece of bat guano and it turns into a fireball so like a wheelchair is fine i think these are cool the thing that's also going to be interesting is there are 3d printable files out there for minifigs that use the combat wheelchair and so i I do know many you definitely can and we one of the things i have been thinking about is we have uh some people in our community who have uh that that actually have 3d printers and i've been thinking about trying to you know work with them to have them make minis for us to give out as part of like giveaways and things like that and this is one of those things where i'm like you know this would be kind of cool because you can get a, a dwarf or an elf in any old game store but it's hard to find a dwarf in a combat wheelchair so i'm thinking about it so yeah i think it's really neat that they're just adding this to canon i don't know if the rules text in that book is going to be the same as in the rules online i took a look briefly at the rules online and truthfully i don't think it's unbalancing in as much as i don't care about stuff like that you guys know so i'm maybe a bad judge because i really don't care because at the end of the day the you know don't go into the minutiae that's not how you play the, the yeah the for me uh, it's like whose line is it anyway the points are made up and the rules don't matter or no the rules are made up and no. the points don't matter both is that, yeah <laughs> no it's it both all right so fair enough so that, <laughs> so but it's awesome that it's being brought in there at the very least it'll be you know I'm sure it's gotten some Wizards of the Coast polish but very cool so that comes out March 16th uh, I will have it. And I will be talking about it on a podcast as it gets closer to that. And stay tuned if we're going to be, you know, giving away minifigs and things like that. We probably will, because I think that's a really good idea that just occurred to me like two days ago. And now I'm like kind of in on it. So, you know what? I'm going to write that down, people. I have my handy dandy notebook. It does. This even is- spiral bound, just like on Blue's Clues. <laughs> It is a spiral. Well, it's, you know, on Blue's Clues now, it's a smartphone. Do you know it's a smartphone or something on the new Blue's Clues? The new one. Is it really? Yeah, it's a smartphone. Oh, 
course it is, because we have to update our tech. Yeah, it's fine. I'm old school. I'm with yeah. the notebook. This is a steno pad because <laughs> you can buy them on Staples, and I should get a gross of them because my uh, my uh, GTD method is steno notebooks and the 18 inch legal pads. You remember how many of those I brought with oh, me yeah. the last content sprint? You were like, Steve, <laughs> why do you have eight 18 inch steno pad or 18 inch legal pads? And I'm like, you know what, Linda? Don't question me. <laughs> fine. I buy my uh, regular college rule notebooks in bulk at Costco, so I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really. It is what it is, folks. Um, it's true. I do find I do find that the big legal pads are very good if you scribble a lot while you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, because it's just more surface area between the noise of ripping your pages out. So anyway, so that's one announcement. Very exciting stuff. We love new D&D books, right? Who doesn't love new stuff? Absolutely. The next thing, speaking of new stuff, uh, another game. You can take a nap, Linda. I know this is not your favorite <laughs> thing, <clears throat> but we got a new Magic the Gathering set coming soon. You might actually appreciate this just on the, the nature of the fact that this is uh, – it's called Kaldheim. And it is set in a brand new world to the Magic the Gathering universe, which is actually cool. They don't do that very often. So that's actually big news, huh? That is big news. Yeah. I mean, they don't do that very often. Normally what they've done is they've kind of revisited old worlds and they have like each world has its story and it kind of continues and they have a small cast of characters that moves between them, the planeswalkers. And so here, this is Norse mythology with gods that meddle in the affairs of mankind and, you know, crazy artifacts. And most importantly for me, dwarves. So, uh, and that makes sense. This really gives me like a Thor vibe, which makes sense because it's Norse mythology. Norse mythology. The coolest part. So if you are super interested, spoiler season is well in, in the process. If you go to like MTG Nexus, the whole set has been previewed at this point. Um, it releases February 5th. So we're probably a couple of weeks away from pre-releases. I don't know who's going to go to physical pre-releases, but MTG Arena it will probably be on there very, very soon. Uh, and um, the art is really cool. It's got a very different feel. Uh, so just go to MTG Nexus. We'll put the link in the description and you can check out all the really, really cool art. This is not a set that I'm going to play heavily. We've kind of decided as a family to bail out of Dungeons and Dragons physically until we can start going to stores again. You um, so you said Dungeons and Dragons physically. I met D&D. Magic the, yeah, our, magic the Gathering. Magic, you got yeah, D&D on the brain. It's all good. Oof, I'm looking at the cards, which is the scary part. So I'm not going to be playing a lot of this set. However, uh, I am going to have to get play sets of all the dwarves or at least one of each of them because <laughs> I want to make a commander deck with all the dwarves. So I, I guess I'm stuck. Yeah, that's the magic set. It's a rabbit it's, hole I'm not going down. I'm sorry. You don't have to. You don't have to. You're good. You're um, going to. Yeah, exactly. I got this covered. I think you would appreciate the art. I will show you the pretty car, the pretty colors. I'll okay. make sure I'll that the shinies. Yeah, and I'll make sure that when your when your oldest son eventually gets hooked on it, that um, we keep it less costly for you. The reality okay. is, he's around me, so eventually he's gonna do it. <laughs> And there's way worse things I could convince him to do. Oh, absolutely. I'll take I'll take this over other things for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if he's going to get peer pressured into something, playing a card game with his uncle, not a big deal. The, the, the hard part will be convincing your husband to play. Um, and by the hard thing, I mean, probably not that hard. He'll do it. Yeah, he's yeah. He's like, oh, I just got to be a dork for a while. Great. So that's called time. It's February 5th, man. 
uh, the next set after this is uh, Magic the Gathering Hogwarts. Basically, it's not actually Hogwarts, but it's all but all uh, the different colors. I'm gonna say they got the That'd license. No, they didn't get you the know? license. Um, but <laughs> all the colors are different. Different like houses in a school of wizardry. Come on, guys. Like, come on. Anyway, so moving on. That's our news. <laughs> Obviously, tons of board games are being news. announced. Yeah, it is. Obviously, tons of board games are being announced, and all sorts of new stuff is happening. We will have more to say on that in the coming weeks, because Kickstarter is going crazy, by the way. Oh, sure. um, but notification. in the meantime... Linda, let's go around the horn. Okay. You finally got one of the games that we have been talking about for a while to the table. It's true. Well, we had to wait for Christmas because it was under the tree. It was one of our, the gifts. Um, mm-hmm. So we finally got Last Defense, which is from Funko Games to the table. Yeah. And it was hard. It was a ton of fun. Um, it was a classic. We had... We, it's a, well, let me back up. So it's a cooperative game. So that's the first thing okay. that everyone needs to know. Um, it's a cooperative game. It, you need an app to play the game because the app gives you when the monsters come in and what kind of tells you what's going on. And it also keeps time because this game has a hard 20 minute time cap. Okay. So the way this game's played is the premise of it is that there are creatures invading the city and all of the emergency personnel are overwhelmed. And so these people in the community are the last defense of the city to try to defeat these creatures. Okay. So at the beginning of the game, you use the app and it tells you where um, to put piles of rubble, essentially. And you scatter those in different locations around the board. Um, you lay out kind of the monsters ready to go, but they're off the board at the beginning. Basically, you tell the app, okay, we're all ready, and you start playing. There are um, It's a two- to six-player game, so there's six different characters in the game that you can play. And it's like okay. the construction worker, the soccer um, the soccer champ. Um, and there's the, this is one of the ones we – the one convention we went to in 2020, we saw at the Funko booth um, with the playable dog. So the good dog mm-hmm. is one of the characters, which is so the cute. Good, good I made sure boy. to play good dog the first the first time we played. Um, so you go around and it's, it's cooperative. So you can talk about resources you have and you're trying to gather resources to um, clear the rubble. Basically, you're trying to get scientists so they can defeat these monsters that are invading the city. And you've, the monsters are really cool. Like it's it's. Typical, you know, monster movie, there's space aliens, there's spider robots, um, giant tentacles, um, sentient plants, and junk blobs. So those can all show up at various places. And the app will say, oh, space aliens are now at the factory. And so then you move them over and, you know, consequences happen depending on what's going on at that space. Cool. It's really cool. The turns are quick. Turns are very easy. The first time we played, we lost... (laughs) horribly because if you can't defeat all the monsters before 20 minutes the game ends it's over okay um, it's over they monsters won um the second time we played we managed to win with about 15 seconds remaining okay so um, wow the fact that yeah. seconds matter is pretty intense to me i i and i'm not meaning that in a bad way i think that's really cool 
It's intense. There's So this is one of those games for people that get really jittery if they're under pressure. It, they may not like it because it is. It's intense for the whole 20 minutes because you have okay. to move fast. As soon as you finish your turn, you're passing the dice. You're, you know, you're getting, you, you can't do a lot of like thinking about stuff. You've just got to move because every second matters. Okay. So we figured out that we played it on easy. There's two modes. There's a beginner mode and then there's an advanced mode. We've only played it on beginner. Okay. And in beginner mode, like they give you an, you know, a minute or two before the monsters start appearing. So you're trying to gather resources as quick as you can. So once the monsters come, you've got tools ready to try to clear the rubble and get the scientists and, you know, move the game along. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, that said, I mean, it's eight and up. Eli's eight. He picked it up immediately. So yeah? this was, okay. they rated it age-wise spot on. That's awesome. So really is awesome. Really it's, cool. it's great to find stuff where they actually get that right. Right. Um, <laughs> so I – this is another one. I have it on the shelf back there, The Last Defense. And it's one of the ones that we it's, – it's been really tough motivating the kids to you know play. Just because we are and have always, out of our two households, we have been the more video game focused one. That's just kind of how it has always worked. However, um, it has been a challenge to to kind of get past that. But this is one of those games that I think is just aggressively video gamey that I could get. And so I'm I'm looking forward right. to giving that to giving that a shot. Um, it looks fun. I'm glad. That, and now that you guys have had a really good experience with it, I think that's something that will will help for me um, because. You know, it's you know sometimes it's tough to to you know to motivate folks without having that like extra little extra little bit there. So I appreciate that recommendation. Let me see. It's currently available at retail, right? Yes. Oh, that it came out. Um, I bought it through Amazon before Christmas time. So yeah, and it's a really good price. It's right now on Amazon for twenty dollars. Yeah, I think so. for twenty dollars, this is pretty much right in there with uh, what you might need. So. Um, that is the last defense from Funko Games. How cool is that? Yeah, Twenty they, minutes. They really made a great game. Twenty minutes to save the city as a good good doggo. So uh, for me, the bulk of it has been, uh, you know, the bulk of my board game time has been playing and preparing for Dungeons and Dragons games that I've been playing with grownups. I have been asked on uh, on a number of occasions uh, when the kids are going to start to play again, and I think we're probably venturing in the neighborhood of having to at least give that a shot. I, I think it would just be very distracting in our house with so many kids on on various screens. But I think, you know, we'll figure it out. Right. We're big. We're we're big kids. We'll figure it out. We can throw Evan up in his room. <laughs> um, can you put it on the TV? Maybe you all are in just one room with one computer. It might actually not be a terrible idea. We'll figure it out. I mean, the reality we'll brainstorm. is. Yeah, we'll brainstorm. If I can do a class online. We can make this happen. <laughs> Yeah, we can manage. We can figure it out. Um, <laughs> I will say I have definitely gotten more and more comfortable with Roll20. So for anybody that's wanting to play with you know family across major distances, Roll20.net, once you get used to those tools, and I think you can agree with me, it probably took me like a week to like really get comfortable with it. And then one session, and now I'm a seasoned pro, and I'm actually scared to go back to having to draw my maps again. <laughs> 
just I because that, you know the maps are such a different level than drawing on a board correct or on a map i mean some of the stuff that we have had to do like you know like the the manner that we just explored we're playing through curse of strats there's a manner that we all went through imagine having me having to draw that bit by bit as you explored it Ooh, it would have been like a whole bunch of extra work so i am dreading having to deal with that i will do so obviously but so yeah so that's around the horn why don't we take a break sounds good and then we'll come back and we will do the big project and talk about some fun stuff everybody will be back in a minute All right, everybody, welcome back to episode 247 of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. I'm still Steven. I'm still here with the mistress of magnificence, magnificence that is Linda Robel. So, as I said at the top of the call, Linda, you and I, we're going to take a look at, you know, it's not really the top 10, but we're going to look at the top several board gaming articles uh, from a traffic perspective on EngageFamilyGaming.com over the course of 2020. And we just hopping right into it you and i immediately saw a number of trends um and so really in these are not in any particular order but i think the one that sticks out the most and i think influences everything is our list that you made and many of these are lists that either you made or that you curated for us is a game to support is games to support distance learning Mm-hmm. I think well, that, that was really the theme. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, that was the theme of 2020. We all like if you had children, you had a deal in some way, shape or form with distance learning. Yes. And we did notice. And, you know, our friends over at the Family Gamers noticed that traffic for content that was about games to either teach kids or just to keep kids busy. All of that picked up at least in the mm-hmm. in the spring when everybody was home and just figured we were all going to be home for a month little did we know <laughs> that <laughs> we were so naive a, back then yeah we were exactly it was a different world then so True. the and so kind of supporting off of that and I think the reason you made cuz I remember you pitching that article to me and the reason right. you did it was because you were like you know what we have these other articles that are board games that teach x and you were like I think it would be a good idea to kind of condense some of that and focus on just one that is just for distance learning and is more maybe a little bit more general and I agreed with that immediately and not just because I'm happy when you make anything but I thought it was a great idea <laughs> idea because i mean it was the theme we were thinking about it right you know we know you were thinking about it obviously you were thinking about it because you had you know families that you had to provide advice to and everything was going crazy but so the three articles that we have that are teaching stuff and i know you actually updated a bunch of these this year is uh, we have one that's 12 board games that teach literacy and language um which i know you look at and as a reading expert um and not just because you read good but because you literally are an expert at teaching people how to read Um, sure i have degrees in it and everything it's amazing i know you don't just read good (laughs) maybe i need you know if i keep saying read good i'm gonna make her twitch to the point where she wants to reach through the computer (laughs) 
So you, we made sure you took a look at that one because that was originally right. written by the general who is an English major and has a degree in education, but, you know, not the reading specialist, the reading master, as it were. So you went in and you updated that. And what do you, that, that was frankly the number one on the site and is the number one every year, all year. Why do you think that is? So I think because it's a targeted content, because those, when parents are searching and looking for things, they're specifically looking for, you know, my kid needs a boost in reading. So let me see what I can do to help them for reading. So that's going to be in their search. And that's like the targeted thing they're looking for. So I think uh, being so specific for this, the content, the skills, it really is drawing people in because they can focus on, well, my child needs this, this tool might be able to help. There's a game, playing this with them, this activity, all of those things that are quick and easy to access. Um, that seems to be what a lot of parents really need in general in a normal time it's what they need but this year especially anything that could be at their fingertips easy to get or easy to order through you know amazon target whatever and get to their house within a week or so and then be able to provide for their child that extra boost um i think really was key to what made this such an important article for families yeah, I, I agree. And, and it, the, the fact that re, the one that's about reading and language skills being the number one, it's, it's probably just because everybody wants their kids to be able to read, right? Is that just kind of how it is? It's just the obvious pick because it's the obvious thing. And, you know, not very many people are like, oh, let me look for board games about history. But, you know, everybody wants their kids to learn how to read, that kind of deal. Right. Well, I think people understand like reading is the foundation of everything in our society. If you have trouble with reading and comprehending, it's going to impact you across everything, even going into something like math, where more when we were children, if you know, their reading wasn't quite as essential when you were younger. But now even in, you know, first grade, we're doing a lot of word problems, ton more reading and interpreting and language based even in something like math than there ever was before. So reading and language is really the core of everything that is needed in society. So parents are seeing that as being so important and so essential. So the fact that reading is at the number one doesn't surprise me even slightly. It's just, it's so critical to have that as a strength for, um, for everybody, you know, sure. especially children. Yeah. So they have that, that background. The one of the things that you added to the article that I thought was really, you know, because this has been around for a while. One of the things you added to it was you, you added the uh, like the literacy concepts like, you know, for Scrabble, for example, which is funny that we put that on there because you wouldn't think a hobbyist board game site would would list like right. Scrabble. But it kind of fits here. And uh, mm -hmm. you talked about it, you know, vocabulary development and letter arrangement and things like that. I think that is, uh, you know, I, I'll admit when you said you were going to do that, I had no idea what you were saying. And, but I accepted your expertise because like they say, I don't, I'm not the smartest man, but I can pick the smartest colleagues. And that's what I did. Um, <laughs> so if you are interested in seeing an article like that, that, you know, really kind of gets into the nitty gritty, I, I definitely encourage you head on over 
uh, 12 board games to teach literacy and language skills that are actually fun. And I agree. Uh, my favorite on here is Bananagrams. I love me some Bananagrams. It's like Scrabble, only you don't have to worry about the board. That puts a lot of pressure on you. But it's a race, so you have to go faster. It's a trade-off, but I think the lack of pressure of the board and that you don't have to be strategic, you just have to be fast, makes it easier for me. Also, it comes in a banana bag. I so mean, cute. Yeah, it's very cute. So next, this one. <laughs> Linda, what the heck is Sky Joe? Like, I know what Sky <laughs> Joe is. You reviewed Sky Joe like on a ran, like you got it randomly as a gift, right? Like you got no, it randomly. I, so, How did Sky it, Joe so, happen? So, <laughs> so Sky Joe happened. So I want to say, I feel like it was two years ago, a, a while ago, in the before times, it all blends together. Yeah. Um, I ended up finding on um, a podcast, because I was trying to expand my podcast repertoire in gaming, and I found a podcast that was the Our Turn podcast that had two females, or well, one female host, essentially, but her primary, you know, secondary person, also a female, um, recommended Sky Joe at one point on one of the podcasts I was listening to and it just sounded like, sounded like it would be something that would fit our family and it just sounded really fun. And so just on a whim, I checked it out on Amazon. It was inexpensive. So I'm like, sure, I'll try it. I'll check it out. It's something different. And I have become the, the you know, person that is recommending Sky Joe in every board game group, like every other day, practically. Um, and I finally was able to write a review of it and, um, and it, it makes me laugh that it's one of the highest traffic <laughs> articles on our board game. Including for the video past games, year. by the way. Like this, oh, this, game, is... this thing, this is in, it is not just, oh, well, it sneaks in because it's a board game thing. No. Number one, this is one of our most trafficked pieces of content, period, with Engage Family Gaming. And it outweighs many of our video game reviews. And it's just this random, and it's a random card game that you found somewhere else. I mean, it's a good game. Right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And it's but it's just so interesting that this game is <laughs> it can't it just came out of nowhere. And it's still on Amazon, by the way. So if you want to buy it, it is. go grab it. It's very it, inexpensive. And Linda loves it. And it goes on sale regularly on where it gets to be like around ten dollars. So it's it's a real good bargain. Absolutely. It's like theft sometimes because it gets real cheap. Um, speaking of card games. This is another one that like really shocked me. And when I told you about this, you were like, are you serious? And that is an article that I made earlier on this year on a lark um, that is about our family, like as a collective whole, including like my mother and my sister, et cetera, like a game we play when we go on vacation together called Frustration, which some people will read it and will say that it's basically just like phase 10, but it's not phase 10. And I will I will die on that hill if for nothing else, because there are 11 phases. So they're not. Um <laughs> And, you know, but whatever. And so I created this because I was like, you know what? This would be fun to just people ask us about it all the time. Like they'll ask my sister. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put a link up on my blog. And that way my sister can just share it with people when people ask her what game she's talking about. Like it was literally I put it up on my blog because I figured it would be faster. I didn't ever <laughs> imagine that anyone would like find it. And it turns out that it's one of the things that w that has pulled in the most traffic, which is the crazy thing. I don't know why, um, but it gets that to the point where we actually, I did the math and we're getting some graphic design work done. I'm actually going to be making kits of this game that we can start giving away. 
because people seem oh, to be cool. interested. So that is one of our projects at the next Sprint Day is going to be assembly lining a bunch of these so we can give a couple out every month, either on the podcast. So do or I need otherwise. to fire up the laminator? <laughs> we might need to fire up the laminator. I don't know. We're okay. going to figure it out. So, so yeah, how crazy is that? So it's called Frustration. Cool. If you just go to Engage Family Gaming and look up Frustration, family favorite card game, you will very likely recognize that it is very similar to Phase 10, but it is not exactly the same. Some of the things are a little bit different. And more importantly, um, it is from a gift of a cool game from my family to yours. So that is frustration. I still can't. I, st- I still struggle with it. Yeah. No, this list, it's just, it's neat reflecting on what has drawn people in, you know, and some things aren't a surprise and some things are. And it's neat to see the contrast. Yeah, we don't write a lot of news on EngageFamilyGaming.com, and part of that is because you and I are not reporters. Correct. And so news is just not – I used to do a lot of news. I would used to try and do like a news article a day, and eventually I was like, you know what? I'm not a reporter. Um, People don't come to us for that. But one thing we do make a point of is – for board games specifically is we do articles about Beel de Jar and the Golden Geek Awards because it turns out you know people want to hear that, and – the traffic carries that through. One of our most heavily trafficked articles from 2020 is the 2019 Golden Geek Awards winners. And I think a lot of that in board games specifically, because board games have such a long tail, right? Like the, you buy games for years. The you know, reading about award-winning games makes a difference, right? Like when you and I find out and we see a game, you know, on a shelf or at a store or on sale, and a lot of it's like on Amazon sales and stuff like that. And we see that, oh, well, it won the Spiel de Jar in 2016. Like that's a big deal and definitely convinces us to make decisions. So it's really interesting that that it's interesting, but not surprising that the 29 Golden Geek Awards winners that that article has continued to go. And those are really the only news posts we make. It's true. And also that when we're working on things, we don't typically have the daily time to get like news moves quickly and we don't have the pacing to keep up with it. Like I feel like when I'm working on an article, I'm working on it for a full week. And if I'm writing a news article, if I'm done in a week, it's already too late. It's it's past that time. But if I'm writing a collection of things, I'm writing some recommendations, if I'm reviewing it's good, you know, it, it doesn't have an expiration date the same way the news. And I'm the same way. I don't work on articles for nearly as long. But I think that's just because that's how I work. However, also, I, you know, it's tough for me to be able to say, oh, this thing was announced on Monday. I need to get this done today because I have right. a bunch of stuff. I just added a streaming schedule. You know, there's just a lot of stuff going on, you know, and that World of Warcraft, it does not play itself, Linda. <laughs> okay. So I hear. Um, yeah, I know. Well, you know, if, I mean... Yeah, well, Isaac will play with me eventually. Um, I'm sure. Um, you have such lofty plans for my children. I love it. I mean, is it really that lofty, though? Is it really that much of a – I mean, because his uncle plays also. Not just me. His uncle uh, up in the frozen north also plays. Up in the frozen um, north. That's true. Although maybe not so frozen north eventually. So – once he gets that new computer, I think it's only a matter of time. So one last one, and I think that's a great one to finish on because you and I, we yuck it up a lot about this. And I appreciate everybody listening while we kind of do some navel gazing and really just kind of enjoy the year that – enjoy what we can about the year that was. The article that you wrote, this is another one. Is when we pitch stuff, guys, like EFG pitch meetings really are Linda being like the responsible and reasonable adult. <laughs> and um, I am mom. 
It's where your mom and then like just throwing ideas out. And I'm just like, yeah, that sounds cool. Right. Um, I make it sound like I'm a consummate professional, but really the nuts and bolts is uh, Linda Roble. No doubt about that. And so she um, (laughs) rolls in and she made the suggestion like, hey, you know what? You like stupid crap. What if I make a list that is just some of the stupid crap you liked? And I was like, you know what? That sounds great. And so obviously she polished it. And it's um, a game. It's 11 board games that are to make you laugh. And I think if ever there was a year where – good golly, did we need games to laugh? It was this year, and this did remarkably well. And I, One of the things you also do is you troll those board game groups, and people, and you make a point to point some of these out. I just want to mention that Happy Salmon and Funky Chicken are on here, and they're like the all-stars for games to make you say and do stupid things. It's true. Um, oh, good. And, what, and also, what do you meme Family Edition, which is... You guys have played more of that since we've had our shenanigans, yes. right? And what do we you have? Because it's, oh, it's so dumb. I think that's the all star <laughs> here. Honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but if I was going to pick a game of the year, I think it would at for us. It would be what do you mean, Family Edition? Like that. I, we're not get on board we, with that. It's like if we had to give a game of the year award, if somebody was like, you must gun to your head, you've got to pick one. It would be what do you mean, Family Edition? That's the game that we that both of our families played a lot of. I recommended it to so many different people. And what's be, and the reason for that is it's a great party game and it is appropriate for all ages. And so many party games are not. It's true. So, and yeah. So they, look at that. We just picked unofficially the unofficial EFT board game of the year. Unofficially. Is the unofficial. What do you mean family edition? Unofficial. I'm, can we can we do that? <laughs> Like, are there, there are no cops. I mean, I think we can do it, right? We make the rules for this podcast, right? Yeah, we do. We do. So, you know what? I think we got to do it. Let me get one more vote. Jake, I'm going to ask my (laughs) 12-year-old. Jake, what do you think? Game of the year, board game of the year for EFG? What do you mean, family edition? Um... He's thinking. Maybe. Well, there is no maybe. We got to decide right now. <laughs> it's a live vote. Uh, this is a live vote. You have to help us. You, you just, you're just confirming. I know. I know. Well, the answer is potato chip. What? Potato chip. That's yes in Jacob language. Oh, okay. He said potato chips, which means yes in Jacob language. Um, <laughs> so, all right, there we go. Unofficially, I'll, I'll tweet that out. Our unofficial game of the year um, is what do you mean family edition? Because man, did we ever need that freaking game this year? Hey, we can even be official if we want to. We don't even have to say unofficial. We had an official vote. Look at that. We did. We had an official vote. We can, we will discuss that offline. So everybody, we did it, Linda. We We, did it. We We did episode 247. Everybody, I want to say, you know, here we are. It's the beginning of 2021. Last year was a huge challenge for everybody. It was a huge challenge for us. We know it was a huge challenge for you. We want everybody to stay safe, keep listening to the show, but most importantly, let's keep our spirits high. Until next time, don't forget to uh, get your family game on. Bye. Bye.